Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 356 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. Send you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. On tonight's show, we'll be talking about 1917, Jay and Silent Bob's latest film, as well as the latest Terminator, John Travolta's bid for an Oscar nomination, as crazy as that may sound, and Renee Zellweger in Judy. Also, trailers for Fast 9, The Fast Saga, that strangely titled film, <laughs> and Blumhouse's The Invisible Man, and Daniel Radcliffe's latest move to distance himself from Harry Potter <laughs> in Guns Akimbo. That's a strange title. But first, let's do some trivia. Oh. I got a good uh, good trivia one for you here tonight. I think you might be able to get this one. We may have talked about this before, just in uh, in general, but never on the show. Which was the first movie for which the cost of obtaining the rights to the soundtrack outweighed all other production costs? Was it The Wall? Was it Titanic? Was it Clerks? Was it The Blair Witch Project? Uh, <laughs> um... Well, I don't know. My guess would be Clerks. Yes, it's Clerks. Okay. $27,000 to get the rights to the music, and the cost of the production was 26000 although that's always a tricky thing when they say it costs like twenty six grand. or Robert Rodriguez did his movie for 7000 because you know they put a bunch of money in after the fact to get it pumped well, up. Well, yeah, the studio has to and, take it, and yeah. yeah. And put in money, but you know, production cost for them to shoot it was that, and... um I don't know. I I was thinking about Clerks a lot today because I watched the Jay and Silent Bob reboot last night. And I was thinking mm-hmm. just how much I liked Clerks and how I think that's, to me, my favorite Kevin Smith film of all of everything he's done. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I like I, I, I Clerks to me is Clerks and Clerks 2. I like I love both those movies. And what I really wanted was Clerks 3. And I'm, hopefully that's still happening. Um, but yeah, those are some of my favorite movies. I really think that uh, in the early 90s when you had Tarantino breaking wide and Rodriguez, Kevin Smith has always been the unsung third wheel of that or the, the tripod, mm-hmm. if you will. You know, those, those three things that really were the Weinstein Miramax house that they built yeah. for him. And uh, Smith never really seemed to get that kind of uh, – uh, probably because he's the weakest visually, right? He has – Good dialogue for what it is, but he's the weakest visually. We'll talk about this later in the show. Yeah. I mean, comedy obviously here. doesn't sell um, as well. I mean, generally speaking, uh, we do have breakout hits, but you see everyone can only ride the comedy wave for so long right before it they go under. We've seen that um, even this, this past decade. We've seen, it, we've seen it the decade before, and we saw it in the 90s. And we've seen the directors that we think are only associated with comedies do other things like Adam mm-hmm. McKay has moved into the Big Short and Vice, uh, Peyton Reed it went on to do uh, Ant Man and things like that. So a lot of uh, directors moving, I mean, even Ben Stiller with the Walter Mitty, which is I think an overlooked gem. No, um, Ben I Stiller's. That, the, I mean, he did dark Tropic thunder comedies and, as well. Uh, you, yeah, like, I mean, like, reality, well, reality bites. bites is dark. I mean, yeah, yeah, but that's not really. Uh, I wouldn't count Reality Bites as a comedy, though, necessarily. Cable not, guy. Not, not in the same way that, yeah, Cable Guy. Um, 
but but it's not in the same way that a Kevin Smith movie is a comedy, you know, because a Kevin Smith movie is really meant to be uh, a laugh out loud. Here's uh, let me deliver a line and it's funny, right? Did you ever watch the Ben Stiller show? Yeah, I, I loved that show when it was on tele, like on TV. That was a pretty good sketch comedy show, and they canceled it very quickly. Yeah, well, sketch comedy shows, they were a dime a dozen. (laughs) But yeah, Mr. Show and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that show, uh, the Ben Stiller show, always reminds me of Dr. Katz. Yeah. Jeffrey Katz, Mm -hmm. uh, therapist, which ran forever on Comedy Central. I don't know if it had that many seasons, but it ran in a loop. Yeah. So it feels like there was a lot of episodes because it was on all the time. (laughs) It was one of those things. Let's get to the reviews for today's show. Let's talk about 1917, which at this point is the frontrunner, I'd say, for the Best Picture Oscar, certainly for Sam Mendes as director after sweeping the Golden Globes. What did you see? You saw this. What did you think? I, I, I want to see it, but I feel like the hype and the one shot uh, is kind of a one-trick pony in a way. Is this worth my time? Uh, it's a good movie. Um, it's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. The one-shot thing is just... It's extra. It's a one shot. Um, there are a couple of. Now, I thought this was going to be a one shot movie. There are at least two edits in this um, that are on purpose that you can see. Uh, actual cuts. You know, one purposefully uh, to deal with with time passing, and another where they literally go into darkness and then come out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Other than that, uh, and. and if anyone knows anything about film, you're going to watch these scenes and they unfold and things. And you know, you're like, God, at this point, there's a cut here somewhere. Cause there's no goddamn way <laughs> that, uh, right. this is done like that. They are so well hidden, you know, and there are moments, there are, uh, the whole entire sequences, maybe one or two sequences where I keep going. And the main characters, at least one of them is always on the screen. So, uh, wow. however the hell they, they did this, whatever digital, um, you know, wizardry they had to do, it's absolutely incredible. Um, now, in, in that sense alone, without the trickery is the movie, is it worth it? Or is this just an exercise in filmmaking? It's okay. Technique? You know, but it's literally just a couple of guys. Um, I mean, you've seen the trailer, right? Yeah. These two guys have to go, um, Find the guy's through brother. the through the war through the front basically, find, yeah, and, and get this message to uh, the the front that we're to don't attack because it's a trap. That's the movie. It's no Saving Private Ryan, um, but it's not bad. You know, it's a good movie, and there is a twist a twist ish thing um, that happens fairly early on. You know, I'd say end of first act beginning of second act that I did not see coming. Um, so that was okay. surprising. And as it gets into the second act and stuff, it gets a little more gritty and, uh, the filmmaking is definitely there. You know, you're, you're definitely in the moment with these characters running, getting shot at like on all that. But there are moments when you think, you know, where are we go? It's just, it's a guy walking, you know, he's walking. He's got to go from a to B. He's got to get from here to there. He, that's it. You're not really saying anything. It's, you know, it's shot well and he gets shot at here. It kind of feels a little made up on the moment, you know, for a lot of it because there's just, uh, there's no t- storytelling really happening here, right? Whoever wrote the script, it's kind of just like runs in here, finds this, must get to the city, gets into city, 
he's German guy. German guy chases him. Hides okay, here. Well, does this goes movie there. suffer from the same problem <laughs> that a movie like uh, Behind Enemy Lines suffered from, where he's being pursued, but yet he's walking through open fields and places where if a sniper was pursuing you or an army was pursuing no, you, no, because you the be sniper that. sees them and will shoot at them. Okay, so it's not and they that. They run, and not only then though, you don't. Uh, um, the way this is set up, uh, the the Germans have left the front here. They've uh, retreated, right? But it's a strategic retreat. This is all said in the beginning of the movie, so it's not. I'm not giving anything away. But so it's like, oh, oh when are they going to discover Germans? Where? What is going okay. on here? And so there's there's these moments where you think, well, they're fairly safe, right? They must be safe. Um, and then they're not. And the, I, I have to admit, a couple times, um, it, it was surprising that they were being shot at. You're like, oh, shit, they're being shot at right now? Like, you you kind of get sucked into that moment of, like, you're going on this journey. You have to travel from A to B. You're just, you know, mindlessly traveling. And some, and then suddenly you're being shot at. You're like, holy shit. Like, so it, it does have a, a kind of a realism to it. But it's, I guess, a bit of a boring realism. If that makes sense, you know, like it's never, I don't know. Even at the end of the movie, I didn't feel like, uh, there was a huge triumph. They do a little bit of something there. I, I can't really say what it is cause it'll give away things, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't leave the theater thinking this, feeling the same way I did, uh, when I, when I saw Saving Private Ryan. Well, let me ask you this. You've seen a couple of the, or a majority now, of the Best Picture nominees, as have myself. Do you think this is the strongest of the ones you've seen? Yeah, I don't think so anymore. I think the Joker is. Yeah, that's what I, that's my best If it comes down to, I think, really, and I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet, but I don't think that has a realistic shot. Um, but the the Murray scene in, in the Joker, hands down, the best scene of the year. Best sequence, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that from the so, time when it starts in the yeah. So if I look him. at all these movies and I say in general they're good, they're not great. That scene stands out. Um, okay. So I think that that for me, anyways, I would uh, out of this group, I would pick that so far. That's fair. That's I would. They were on the same page there. Let's talk about Jay and Silent Bob the reboot. Um, this is the bringing back of the the seminal characters from Clerks, and really, in my opinion here. This is Kevin Smith's Avengers. He's known for bringing his characters in, but this movie is so full of every role being a callback to a previous Kevin Smith movie or a call to a line of dialogue from a movie he loves. And I kind of have mixed feelings on this movie. One, I found it to be amusing in fits and starts. I thought as a whole film, it, it really got bogged down at some points. Um, the lack of visual technique f- made it hard to get through because there wasn't much to look at. Also, without that being mean, Jason Mewes, I don't know if it's his dentures that he has in or or what, but he's hard to look at. He, he kind of was visually hard to look at for me. And I, I thought he was a bit off-putting in this movie. And I thought that by softening up Jay and Silent Bob, which they do here, and they make it kind of a sweet movie, they took something away from these characters that I... I really like they they, they kind of I, I don't know I, I thought that this was definitely the weakest of the Jay and Silent Bob movies if you're talking about Clerks um, and uh, Strikes Back and now this what, what do you think about this 
Yeah, this is definitely the weakest view universe uh, movie, I would say. I'm, right? I am let down a bit by this. And I agree with you. And I'm glad you said that about Jason Mewes because there, there's moments. That, I mean, here's the reality. He's too old. Um, these guys are be doing too this. old. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's so many moments in this movie where I just feel like, God, we're, we're a bit too old. It, there are moments in this movie where OK Boomer was running through my mind. I thought, God, this is just not this is like old people trying to act young. And it doesn't it does, really just doesn't work like the, the writing's not very strong. Um, it, it visually looks cheap, um, like super cheap. There were moments in this when I thought, God, is this a Charles Band movie? Is Full Moon releasing this? Uh, it, it looks not good. And I don't fault that I because Kevin Smith doesn't really do that. But I was let down. I hundred percent fault that he knows better this, nowadays. This but is this, so one. But the, hold on. The, the thing with this, I want to give credit to Smith in one instance. I liked that he mocked himself in this movie, and I also liked that his performance. If you're watching Silent Bob in this, he's actually doing some things that are pretty amusing. Um, quietly, obviously, mm-hmm. and. I thought that was okay. Now, the gag with the cell phone went on way too long. <laughs> and I know he doesn't have the, the chalkboard or any of that kind of shit to, to, or, you know, to write on with any pads. or But, like, the, the fucking emojis and the whole thing, it just it, it went on way too long. And bringing, making it a family affair with his own daughter, playing Muse's daughter, uh, I just I thought this is too inside baseball. This is too closed off from, from anything. And... Um, Really, we'd seen this all before. I know that was kind of the joke, but what, what? Why? For a filmmaker who's every movie you think is going to be his last movie, why this movie? Why not Clerks Three, like you said? Why not hit somebody? Why not well, these other movies Clerks that you talked now. about? I, I, okay, but I mean that was obviously can... other issues. I, I don't know. I I liked the. Uh... I mean, I was worried about this until uh, his daughter came into play here because before then this is just a meandering movie with you know heads popping up here and there and it doesn't have that same it's too cheap it doesn't have the same adventure feeling that uh strikes back does right but on any means i don't feel like i really went on much of a journey in this movie um but i did like the idea of these two guys um now having uh aged and having a daughter and having to reflect on their past behavior and how they acted, you know, and suddenly not wanting to be that way anymore. I thought that's at least interesting. Okay. Uh, not necessarily but, funny, but <laughs> it's interesting. It's definitely an older filmmaker going using these characters to explore that mm-hmm. in his own time because, you know, he's suffered the heart attack. And I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith as a personality or as a... Uh, uh, I just raconteur. He's he's a great speaker. Mm-hmm. I think his podcasts in his comedy things or his his concerts. He's a great writer. Better, he is. But even off the, the top all of, of his, his head, characters yeah, but... sound the same. I mean, he has the Tarantino problem mm-hmm. of that, but Tarantino somehow gets away with it. Smith doesn't always get away with it. That's fine. I don't think that there was enough uh, to be said with this one, and I really think that there's something to be said about. Um, the movies that Kevin Smith has made now outside of Hollywood have not been my favorites. You know, I, uh, I've liked the one and this felt that same way as I'm watching this. I feel like, you know, this doesn't feel like a film crew is present here working on this. It just doesn't. The sets look cheap. The whole Chronicon stuff looked super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just too, it was too cheap and it wasn't cheap in the way that, 
when you made a cheap movies like clerks or something you shot on film you had people there doing things nowadays with digital stuff uh, if it's too cheap it just looks like a guy with a fucking video camera yeah it's gone the other way it's too it just looks too cheap you know what i mean yeah it's not the same it's not it doesn't have that um fun feeling of cheapness you know i did shit on jay muse uh, earlier and i i should say he, there are moments in this when I still laughed at his. He's line still delivery. as good as always, yeah. But I, yeah, it, it, this I is know his what character. you're saying because I felt that same way. And he is his face. Uh, I mean, it's it's it feels bad to say, but he the, the age that he is, the way that he looks. It, you're right. It's he's not. I don't know. The makeup maybe is not done up correctly. I don't know what it is. But even Kevin Smith, um, the hard lines in their faces, and with the dialogue that they spew out. It just feels like I feel like you're not kids anymore. You know, I mean, they might as well be riding skateboards and wearing beanies. And oh, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. You know, it's just too yeah, much. So, uh, a, a kind of a a negative review from us, but an unfortunate negative review. I went into this I really think wanting to like it. But it's good. There's no way. Uh, OK, well, he, here's what I'll say about this. There's no way if this came out in theaters, really came out and wasn't. Uh, you know, four walled out there with, with these guys actually going along with it. There's no way this would have made any money. No, but I could understand going and seeing this with Kevin Smith there, getting up on stage afterwards, doing a Q and a doing his whole thing. Um, Yeah. I probably would have liked it a lot more. Yeah. I think if he was in the room and you heard the story behind the scenes, that's what this movie is, right? These characters popping up again, showing up again. It's been so long. Um, You know, I don't know. I wish they added more though. There's a call to Cannonball Run when the guy pops, the pedophile pops up in the uh-huh. Doctor Outrageous suit. He's here seeing the Cannonball Run too. And I kept thinking about that, about like, this is almost like one of those shitty Burt Reynolds type movies, those Hal Needham Cannonball movies, where it's a couple of guys just fucking around with a camera and a crew, and they're out to make mm-hmm. a movie, and they're not really, they're with shaky material, but yet they're going to try to make it funny but based on their personality. I just, I thought it was like one of those type movies where, it, 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 sometimes it felt desperate, did it not? Oh, it, yeah. Some shit wasn't... He throws <laughs> so many fucking things at the screen in this movie that some of them do stick, but so many don't, that after a while, it's it's a lot. And, and, and this style becomes overbearing. I thought halfway through, I, I was getting to get a little uh, overwhelmed by it all. <laughs> you know, it's just... It's, it's not that funny. For me, it just wasn't that funny to hear the girls talk about Chris Hemsworth. The, the Chris Hemsworth bits, I didn't think mm-hmm. scored all that well. Um, I don't know, a lot of bits. In it this almost thing. tries too hard. Three joints that they were saving, the the yeah. Method Man, it, Red it Man does, stuff. I, I agree. It just tries too hard, and it really doesn't deliver what the past films have delivered. You know, I, on any level, really. And that's the weird. And thing And in about the first it. minute, I was loving it with with Randall, and I'm not supposed to be here, and then the cock smokers, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff, and then you know, with Dick Steele there, going to be his uh, lawyer, <laughs> and then like you said the movie flounders for the next. 20 minutes before it lands on something. And then um, it, I, I thought it kind of hit you over the head with the message there of the, the daughter. Well, you definitely, and, you have to agree that, I don't know. You, you can, if you have never seen a Kevin Smith movie and you watch strikes back, you're fine. If you've never seen a Kevin Smith movie and you watch reboot, you're fucked. And that's yeah, a problem. I, wouldn't, I, th- I think that's a, the, that's the issue at heart with this movie. Well, I like the scene with the reboot and the remake and all that. It's very, uh, very fun callback to the what the fuck is the internet scene from Strikes Back. So I don't think that works here at all, though. The idea no, that these didn't. guys don't know anything still. 
Well, it's also because I mean, Jason really? Lee looks about 65 in this movie. So, I mean, all <laughs> yeah, these guys have aged out this. Yeah, but there's a timing of 2001 when, when Strikes Back comes out where it's believable that they don't know what the internet is. At this point, it's just not believable that you don't know what shit is. It's 2020. Well, especially if you they're pop know. culture figures and, and they like anything that's pop culture. Yeah. yeah. Okay, speaking of pop culture, let's talk about Terminator Dark Fate, which is the umpteenth attempt, it feels like, to reboot the Terminator <laughs> franchise. But this time, it was whether the guys that James Cameron was back and Dreadpool director Tim Miller was behind the screens. I couldn't stand this movie. I thought this was worse than Genesis in the sense that everything has been trying to rip off part two or continue it from part two on, whereas mm-hmm. Terminator Dark Fate is just part one but slowed down, made uninteresting. You want to talk about visual. This movie has a very ugly color palette of like naturals and dark uh, browns and kind of yellows that is very unpleasing. It's a lot of scenes or a couple scenes at least were shot at night on top of a train and other dark settings where there's a lot of exposition they got to get through at strange points in this movie. I did not like Mackenzie Davis particularly as the Kyle Reese slash prototype Terminator with another backstory. And I mean, I thought this movie took way too long to get to Schwarzenegger and to ultimately what we were going to be doing. And I did on top of it all, I thought the villain didn't score. So really for me, uh, highly disappointed. I would put this even below the last Rambo movie in terms of uh, (laughs) not to, you know what I mean? On terms of Uh what what it was promised and what delivered. I think you're crazy. The last Rambo movie is terrible. Well, when um, you put this against Genesis, equal. I I didn't I didn't hate I don't I did not hate Genesis, but I didn't love it, and I didn't hate this movie. You know, I I disagree. I think the movie looks great. First of all, um, I love the color palette. It's, it reminds me of the first Terminator, and I that harsh, uh, realistic lighting if you will, looks good in sci-fi movies like this. And I love Terminators fighting each other and running each other down. And if those are the sequences in the movie, then I'm fine with it. And then that was fun and everything. If you want to talk story, uh, yeah, it sucks. I think you could fix this in one way. Um, Schwarzenegger needs to be in the whole fucking movie. Thank you. Uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. He's fucking hysterical. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, he's just, it's goddamn Schwarzenegger, you know? And when he's sitting there, like explaining, like passing time, telling them about how the, he does drapes and shit, right? It's, it's hysterical. It, um, it's hysterical, but it's and at he's his got odd all the warmth the too. He has all the warmth, and he's the story, I think, uh, for this franchise. And they need to uh, get away from him and get away from from you know Linda Hamilton should not be in this movie. Sarah Con- the whole Sarah Connor thing with. I mean, first of all, you why is John Connor dead in the beginning of this movie? How could well, that be the beginning spo- of the movie? Spoiler alert! Spoiler I lost alert. Me. It's the beginning of the movie. They just fu- the movie. They just fucking. They're just like, ah, eh, fuck this. That's like, the best scene in that's, the movie. That's the fucking. That's what. What am I here for? You know. Oh, you're here for. Uh, you know, Danny. This this other girl. She's gonna be John Connor now. It's like, okay, well, who gives a shit then? Uh, anyone can just. If anyone can just be a John Connor at any point in time, and also we're getting rid of Skynet. We're, and we're doing all this other shit. It's kind of like, eh, all right, fine. It, it, it was, it was, it was an okay movie. I it got my Terminator enjoyment out of it, I guess. But um, I, I no longer, you know, I watched Terminator, Terminator Two, Terminator Three. Those are my movies. The rest of these fucking things are 
whatever. They exist. Fine. But yeah, I don't care. This was highly disappointing <laughs> to me. In the fact that the, in a story that's already crowded, you either get rid of Mackenzie Davis's character or you get rid of Linda Hamilton's character because well, they're somewhat at you odds at each other. Rid of either one of them, time. but I agree that the that the the John Connor killing John Connor and trying to uh, make Sarah Connor into the, I mean, who's the main character of this movie? That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, because the, the whole and, Danny and the, stuff, and, and, and oh, then you have fuck. Sarah, and it's too much. And the the Mackenzie Davis stuff, I'm fine with the Gray stuff. She's really hard. She's she's just a Terminator in the movie. Um, you need to get rid of Danny then. You can the you is, a Terminator in because there's because it's fine. You got the the Rev Nine, whatever the, the hell this guy is. Um, okay, great, but uh, so they need something to match him, I guess, to fight back with. I don't know, man. That's what you got Schwarzenegger. Then why are you hiding it's him for just, an hour? It's just not really worth ultimately breaking this movie down because it just doesn't it doesn't work. It's not a very good story, you know. It's just it's not, not well directed. Good. It's not a good and story. It's not, well, it's not well, done well. I, there's no. I like, don't tell me I that like there's good the direction. action there's uh, just... sequences in this. I really did. I thought that they were enjoyable. Okay, I'll give you that. The bridge sequence and um, the final sequence. I just like Terminators me. fighting each other. They were Terminators and they were fighting each other. I was like, cool. I get bored of it because after a while, just shooting at the fucking thing. I they didn't keep because it's back. been so it's... long for the Terminator movie. It's a Terminator. Oh, uh, what's five years since we had Genesis? <laughs> yes, I like Genesis for that. Yeah, if we're going Watch against some Terminator the, movies, sure. They the brazenness to them. I think that they had. Two more movies in them after this is uh, is a fucking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you go with this after. I mean, I'm done. I don't know where you would go after this, but I certainly. I mean, Linda Hamilton says she's she's done, and I hope she is because this movie did, did Sarah Connor no uh, pluses here on that. Nothing since Terminator Three in two thousand and three has come. Nothing that has come close to that or Sarah Connor Chronicles. Those are the only mm-hmm. ones. That are worth a shit. I would say skip the last 10 years of Terminator movies and just watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which handles this whole mythology so much better and with so much more care and respect than Cameron and Tim Miller. And then, you know, this movie comes out and you know it's a shitstorm because everybody's distancing themselves from it. Hamilton now, Cameron and Miller. Yeah. I mean, the only one that hasn't is Schwarzenegger because fuck, you give him a paycheck, he'll say everything's great. No, he doesn't care. He's endorsed the I mean, la- every single matter. one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't no. think it matters really. This movie comes out, it fails. It doesn't matter. They it doesn't make surprise another. me that it But failed. if they do make more you Terminator did... movies, they really need to, to get off the, the whole Connor thing, Schwarzenegger, the T-800, any of this stuff. It all has to go. What surprises me is this. You don't like The Force Awakens, but you like Terminator Dark Fate. And I think that they both have the same problems. Which is what I never, never once when I watched this movie did anyone turn to me and look me in the eye and say, "We're making a Terminator movie." Can you believe it? It's basically <laughs> no, it's not. F- not even, fucking not even close. Oh my not god, not even close. No, this thing feels so <laughs> modulated and so uh, formed to appeal to a certain demographic and say certain things and be culturally relevant. I mean, there's a lot of that shit. Going that on stuff in this movie. is not really that it's not that prevalent in this it's that that's about as prevalent as in the star wars movies and that really doesn't bother me in those either i have no complaints over that and it's really not it is something that comes up i i don't like the idea of 
them doing the whole like uh, the Danny girl's pregnant. Oh, you're the mother of the next John Connor. Oh, you're right. not the mother. You're the girl. It can be you. You don't have to be just the the mom to some other John Connor. It's like I write that moment's a little stupid. Why couldn't you just say that she was the person you were protecting? Why'd you have to pretend like she was going to give birth to the person you're protecting? I don't even know why we did that. That's on you guys. <laughs> it was an extra beat nobody, that didn't need to be in the movie. Else, nobody else felt that. Yeah, I just certainly didn't feel like, oh, she must be the mother. She can't be the girl, you know, because like, she's a girl. No, so you're, nobody you're felt recommending that. this movie is what I'm hearing. No, I say if you watch it, um, uh, home video, watch it, and then uh, throw it away. Yeah, I say just... Uh, <laughs> throw it away just no it's an action movie and it's well it's it's well the, the action is good i like the action i was into it it's always good to see schwarzenegger in this role and he is the best thing in and this he's movie. good in this yeah no surprise okay let's talk about the fanatic john travolta teaming up with fred durst former frontman for limp biscuit who directed him in the fanatic and when this movie was in production this mm-hmm. was uh, according travolta the best experience he's ever had on a set. Really? He loved working with Fred Durst. And not huh. only that, this company actually sent out for your consideration pamphlets and uh, not pamphlets, but uh, advertising mm-hmm. materials and, and bought spa- uh, advertising space to push Travolta for a best Oscar or best actor Oscar or Golden Globe nomination. I haven't seen this movie. It's available on Amazon Prime. You've seen it. Are they out of their minds or is the fanatic low key good? Uh, yeah, this movie's hard to uh, find the pulse on. Uh, I can't say I disagree with them putting that out there because there are times when I think, damn, John Travolta's turning in a performance here. And then there are times when you think, this is the most ridiculous fucking movie I've ever seen. And, is it because uh, of his performance or because of story? Because of both. It's just, uh, it's he, he just plays, he plays this guy named Moose. That's the guy's name. To give you an oh. idea of what this character is like, he's just like this big, dumb, um, mentally ill person. It's like the I Joker. This movie is from... like the Joker in a way, okay. and he kind of plays a character like that, but he's a little more um, grounded, I guess. You know, like he's not—he's not—he doesn't want to hurt anyone, even though he winds up. Um, I don't know. This movie takes a twist that I did not see coming as well towards the end. Um, the, and it just ends very oddly too, based on that. So I don't know. This is—it's a weird movie. I really want you to see this because it is—it—it—it it, it crashes and burns, and then somehow it puts out the fire and comes back and then burns again. I, it's a weird oh. movie. It is a weird. Any movie. movie that fucks itself twice, I'm down to watch. <laughs> so I'm going to be watching this thing. It is a weird movie, man. You, you should definitely check it out because it's not. I was surprised. It was not the. I was expecting this to be absolutely horrible. Right? Everyone made fun of this movie. Everyone made fun yeah. of John Travolta for doing this. And there's moments where you're like, yeah, I agree. And there are other moments where you're like, not like the dude's into it. Like, he's he's doing it. <laughs> Hey, I like some shitty Nicolas Cage movies that are coming straight to DVD. Or it's very Blu-ray much or like that, right? No, because honestly. hey, mm-hmm. those guys don't phone it in. They actually are still trying. You got to give it up for that. You know, if, if Cage is going to put in a performance or Travolta, I'll watch it because those guys have been putting in good performances and bad performances. Well, my the whole characters likable. I felt I felt worse for this guy than I did for the Joker. You know, um, oh wow, I, the character is just more. Uh, He's not really sadder, but he's just he just 
I don't know. I feel I felt more sorry for him because he just all the did just want an autograph from his favorite Honestly, movie star. Just want an autograph from his famous yeah. movie star. And he's like Rain Man, you know, out there like just just an just give me an autograph. He doesn't understand shit. Everyone's mean to him. He's like fuck, you know. <laughs> I will watch this. I I do want to see what this is about because uh, I'm curious if it can if it can be as bizarre as or, I wonder if a stronger director instead of Fred Durst would have picked the better takes or maybe uh crafted. I don't know that it's not directed well but it is just a I think the the issue is that it meanders a little bit and there's no this is not thematic storytelling um I mean like the terminator or even 1917 really it's just about a dude that's got to get from A to B you know he's just trying to do his shit which is get that goddamn autograph Get that fucking thing from Devin Sawa. That's really it. You know, there's no, there's no, there's nothing. You don't learn anything in this movie. You don't take anything away from it. Um, just the moments that unfolded before you. And believe me, it gets weird. You'll, 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 you'll like the, the third act. Okay. All right. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'll, I'll get back to you by the next show and let you know. Cause this is prime, right? I mean, I mean, it's terrible prime. It is. Yeah. It's on prime. It's on. I mean, I've watched some ones that I thought were going to be really terrible. Like I am wrath that actually weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. <laughs> I mean, uh, speed kills. I mean, some of these well, are I think you may uh, like mildly this one, enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. Well, most of the time you think that, wow, shit, after watching some Seagal movies uh, as of late, yes, you can, you can see palatable. what can be yeah, what can be done. So this is an, is an actual movie. It's a real movie. Like This could have conceivably come out in theaters. It's, re- it's real. So it's not, you know, it's not that shitty. It's not Seagull level shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> or Snipes level yes. shit. Oh, God. Sniper? Oh. No. Oh. The one with Seagull? Sniper yeah, or whatever that, that sniper. was? Oh, that was... Oh, my God. He's got a new one out. Seagull's got a movie. I mean, I'm like a... You and I are both mini connoisseurs of the post-theatrical Seagull run, right? Like we, I, I we've want seen to watch Seagull movies so bad, and when I do, it's gut-wrenching. You, it's painful. You're, he and punishes they didn't his used audience. to be this bad. They used to be. He's it, gotten so it, it, fucking Tim, lazy. He doesn't even stand up anymore. Oh no, shit! That, that sniper movie sitting the whole fucking movie. I'm like, <laughs> I know. It's like, dude, your gut is so big at this point in that movie. Like you're resting that that fucking sniper rifle on your fucking gut. Like, it's like Jesus, buddy. And you go Good back Lord. to those first five, let's say, or even half dozen. Those are great. Fl- even up to when the he, shitty he, ones. Yeah, like when you get into the 2000s uh, and even the oh, late 2000s. Shit. No, the, some of those are still decent. Uh, some of them no. are really shitty. I would say the last good one was Pistol Whipped. The one he did about 2005. <laughs> After that, there I think there were a couple of them that, that were still good. After that. I have to look at them now. Um, oh, but uh, around that normal. Uh, well, around that time. I think He's got a new one, okay. though, with uh, but DMX. This one, these ones he's, are terrible. He's reteamed. I think it's called uh, Beyond the Law, playing on Above the Law. Johnny Mesner. Is and, he even uh, in it, though? DMX. Though, he had, uh, Seagal's the bad guy, which is great. DMX that, so is that the means cop, he's barely in it. And Seagal's the bad guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just for... Uh, so, he'll be, he won't be in it. No. Or if he'll be operating no, off right. scenes. All right, let's get back and uh, talk about Ready or Not, which is, what, a horror comedy that was released by Fox Searchlight last uh, summer? You saw this. Should I watch this movie? I kind of wanted to see this. This is like a nice macabre sense of humor to it. Yeah, I was really, really surprised at how much I liked this movie. 
Um, Samara Weaving is in this. She's fantastic. Adam Broby, uh, Broby, Adam Brody. <laughs> I like them both. Is good. Yeah, Broby's amazing. Um, and then the rest of the cast, there's other people. I don't know. Not everyone would know who they are. I didn't, but they were all good. And it's basically about a a bride. She's getting married. It's her wedding night. Uh, her husband's family is uh, fucking weird, but they're really rich. And they, it's basically the purge with the bride, right? That's that's the yeah. game that they have to play. But this movie is fucking weird. It's like satanic shits going on and weird shit. And um, I was unex. The ending I, I like because it's it's twisty one way, twisty the other way. Is this real? Is that real? Like, what's the deal here? What's going on? And uh, and then they just you know balls to the wall. They just were like fuck it. This movie's already ridiculous. Is it violent? It's super violent. Super gory. Um, funny. This movie's hysterical. Uh, I, I laughed a lot. And anytime you're laughing because someone got shot in the head, um, I don't know, it's fucked up, right? It kind of sounds like you're describing to me the people under the stairs <laughs> in a Wes Craven movie. You know what I mean? That's kind of making a um, statement on things and is having fun with itself within the confines of a genre. Yeah, I you know I this movie might ha- have some statement to be made. I didn't. I don't know. I was too busy watching other things. I think it's it's superbly directed for a horror movie like this. It takes place in a big mansion, um, you, you know. And especially we talk about where I've talked about a lot of movies. You get these characters go from A to B. Well, that you know, this is a horror movie. Of course, you're running from A to B the whole time, and uh, it's interesting. There's enough character. Uh, there's enough storyline happening here with the the heritage of this family and, and what's going on and everything to keep you interested and wanting to know what the like what's going to happen next like what's the deal with this character what is, is this guy gonna gonna go this way is he gonna go that way um it's curious because know. knives out really is it. getting a lot of heat and it did a lot of box office and but i feel like this ready or not is similar to that seems like yeah, it, it does seems like 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 that in a sense. I mean, this uh, is way more gorier, I'm sure, than than Knives Out. Maybe that's absolutely. the difference here. You know, is that this is this was more straight up horror comedy, but it definitely I haven't seen Knives Out yet, but I've seen the trailers and I've heard what people are saying about it, and I, I get the same feeling uh, from that as I did when I watched this. So I really yeah, like this. I was surprised like by that. this. I'm not to catch this because I was on the fence, but uh, I'm glad you saw this, and I I thought that. This the trailers made it look like it was either going to be a fun kind of time at the movies or an absolute disaster, but it did pretty well. So that should have uh, spoke to how well the audience yeah. mouth was. So quickly, I saw Judy, which was Renee Zellweger's bid uh, for her Oscar nomination, and I got to say that it is a great towering performance, and uh, you got to give it to to Zellweger who gets lost in this thing. You stop seeing her. And I'm not sure if she's singing these songs or not. I really don't care because I'm not judging someone's singing ability. But the movie itself is good. She's great. The movie's good. It's about a series of concerts that she performs before the end of her life. And it's not your typical biopic where she's in the last days and things are, you know. But it shows Garland's difficulties dealing with uh, her personal life, with being a starlet with the changing systems and all the damage that was done to her by the label or the the studio heads back in the the 30s it's not a great movie but it is a quietly uh, affecting movie i'll say that and with a towering performance by zellweger so if you are 
inclined to see these kind of movies, it's it's good of its type. Once again, it's not a you know for all the heat that Bohemian Rhapsody got last year, and outside of that closing five minutes, I think Bohemian Rhapsody is is fairly uh, cheesy in a lot of ways. <laughs> I think Judy is a stronger movie, and it's not being nominated for Best Picture or anything else outside of makeup and performer. And I think it gets both those things. And so if you're down. not a Garland fan uh, or know much about it, this is worth it still. I don't know. The fact is that we saw this movie and then afterwards I had to Wikipedia Garland because I wanted to learn how she actually died, if this was true, what happened here. Because a lot of things aren't explained that clearly. Like uh, she has an older daughter who's clearly Liza Minnelli, but if you didn't know that, you wouldn't know why that character comes in and is gone very quickly because mm-hmm. it focuses on her two other children that she mm-hmm. has with her ex-manager and she well, has a marriage so- here and... It's this is very different than a lot of biopics we've been getting lately because this person not only are they dead, but uh, this is old. This yeah, is far this, old. This is fifty years. What story takes place in nineteen sixty eight? So yeah, yeah, so so this is a lot older than what we've normally been getting. Uh, we've been getting a lot of people who are still alive getting biopics lately. Yeah, and it's been um, kind of the fairy tale versions of that in a weird way. The glossing over the. Let's uh, champion how great they were. And the the movie, to me, ends on a really strained note. And that is, there is the big performance of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which you know is coming the whole movie. It's handled hmm. nicely. But there, I mean, not... But is it the movie? You know, spo- it doesn't take place in the... Spoiler warning ahead. I gotta movie. tell you about this. The fucking... It doesn't have to do a whole lot with the movie. It's just, if for a movie that is an Oscar bait as you will say and it feels like it's uh-huh. oscar-esque you know in its ambitions and whatnot mm-hmm. she stops singing and the crowd starts singing and pulls her through and i'm just like no don't do it they all get <laughs> up and sing back to her and i thought that is the dumbest fucking way to end this movie but outside of that minor quibble i gotta say that you do get lost just watching zellweger who's constantly i mean i haven't seen somebody mugging and moving and twitching this much since Carrie did Ace Ventura back in 194. I mean, she is constantly <laughs> in motion or acting, even when she's, you know, not the forefront of the scene. She so, comes out of a rhino's butt, right? She, yeah, really. She might as well have because her <laughs> overbite is just like Jim Carrey's in this with the with the teeth. So great performance, good movie. So that's a watch then. It is a watch. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I liked it mm. as much as I did. Let's talk about trailers, because the Super Bowl just happened, and there was a bunch... Do you see those trailers for the big game, the big game spots? Did you see all no. the... You didn't see the ads for, like, uh, Wanda and... Oh, I, I saw the Marvel ones, yeah. I thought that that... I mean, of course, Maverick, I thought, scored well, because I wanted to... I still want to see Maverick very right. much. But I thought <laughs> as the actual footage for things came about, I did think that the Marvel lineup of what's coming to Disney Plus uh, was the strongest teaser of them all that looks interesting but it really, that really is a teaser it is it's very quick I mean, i'm <laughs> curious what they're going to go with all this stuff mm-hmm. but fast nine i you know i where i was at fast nine got a applause a after it played so shit here goes another billion dollars in the, the tank for universal you, but here we are where were you at what was the demo i was at a nascar rally yeah. no uh, i was at a bar <laughs> i was at a bar and they it got a big clap and a hoot but uh it's a blue collar bar. I, I feel like, so. can I just say, <laughs> this is called, is, is is the Fast Saga the damn tagline? Is that really what this is called? 
I, I don't know. Or is Tell that just me it's like not. This is the ninth movie. You're going to call this a saga at this point? It's our, it's the ninth movie, guys. Is it better to call it F9? F you. <laughs> I mean, well, they've been saying F you since part five to all of us. And we keep going back for more. <laughs> So um, <clears throat> I don't know. This just to me, the, the the use of the word saga at this point for a movie that's in the in the ninth thing feels like we're 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 pulling on Star Wars here, you know? Because it could, I've heard nothing but the Skywalker saga, right? For like the past year. Okay. Yeah. Right. And doesn't that feel like that we're just playing on that now at this point? Like we also have a movie that has. We also have a. There's nine of our movies too. We have a. Uh, we well, have there's a saga. technically ten. <laughs> With the uh, Hobbs and Shaw, I mean, really, that's, that's a spinoff. That's like, that's like, that's not, that's like a that solo yeah, or a Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yeah, yeah it doesn't it doesn't quite count. It's not the same thing. I am, I am, well, I will say, I'm glad to, to see John Cena in this, and it might be the only reason I would ever go see this. Yeah, I think that this actually, this trailer is a far more interesting trailer than I thought I was going to get. I I like the trailer itself. I like that Han's back. I like um, the, what I'm seeing here. I like. That this fucking action is so stupid and over the top <laughs> and ridiculous that the, the they're full on superheroes. That the cars are, themselves are damn near superheroes. The fucking stunts that these cars are asked to perform. It's like something out of the Pixar movie Cars. They might as well talk <laughs> oh, to each are, other. These are the most digital cars. Uh, this I stuff love is so this not shit. Real. The most gravity defying dumb go, shit that I. But how do you go? How can? How, <laughs> The thing that, that I just cannot stop asking. I how? can't wrap my head you around this man. Me. How do you go from Fast and Furious, the first movie, to this this watching this scene where he g- jumps off the bridge thing and gra- <laughs> and the, the car grabs the thing and like swings as if he's in control of where it's swinging, like he's like he's Tarzan wearing this metal suit that's a car, and somehow it, it, it catches the the rope or whatever the chain on it and it like goes tight and then swings itself onto the I, like what the hell am i watching here james bond could not do this shit no shit this they're fucking superheroes didn't you know that dominic toretto can do geometry calculus and <laughs> physics in his mind all at once while he's driving 160 miles an hour so he knew exactly I, where that fucking thing was going to pull him to and uh he, he's good he's good Look, the movie is going to be big, dumb fun. It's going to be another big hit. John Cena looks well cast in this. I didn't know what fucking capacity they're going to bring him in as, but he looks like you know if Dom is the 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 New York tough guy, it looks like John Cena's his Jersey no, douchebag exactly, brother. Exactly, exactly. Cena's Schwarzenegger. To Stallone. Finish, finish to to Diesel Stallone. Stallone. No, <laughs> to Diesel is. Who, who am I missing? DeVito, come on. Oh, you think it's twins, <laughs> twins? That's what you're seeing here? Well, they're brothers. It's like looking in a mirror. Oh, my God. The thing is, where the fuck has this guy been when Toretto has been an international wanted criminal this whole time? Interpol, Dude, all those guys didn't figure it out. At this point. Fucking Kurt Russell's guy didn't bring him up is three that, movies ago. Whose kid is that? Is that not? That's it, his but, kid. But where, where did the? Uh, uh, forgive me, I don't remember this shit. Well, where did the kid you came don't remember from? the Fast Saga very well. I don't. He had a he had a kid with the Brazilian cop in the last movie. Remember oh, the baby? Yeah, yeah she, that was the big plot now. twist of the last yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a kid. Everyone's happy about. It. They named him Brian. Remember a little callback to Paul Jesus. Walker. Jesus. And we're still using the "See You Again" piano riff here because why I not? Know. It's right, it, it works. 
the trailer works. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't does, know. That. I, I, I guess it works. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, it's fast and furious. Yeah, it's unbelievable that we've got nine of these things, though. I'm going to win these, yeah. Vin Diesel is only going to make these well, and then shitty sci-fi movies on the side. I hope they don't stop then. I hope that this is a franchise we can get into, into the 20s. I'm hoping for 22, personally. Yeah, That's what I was I'm looking at. Real, I want seriously. Roman numerals. Like, I want to be like, they're getting crazy. I want people to have like the Marvel movies. And and that was one funny thing about Jane Silent Bob, though, wasn't it? Where people talk, they talk shit about reboots and all that shit. And they try to talk right. shit about Marvel. We don't talk shit about Marvel. Those are the one fucking movies. That's a cinematic <laughs> is, gem. I is, wait for those movies. Yeah, I love it those true, movies. Those yeah, are that the was fucking great. movies that, that do all the same shit all these other movies we don't like do. They get away with it. But I want fucking people to have that goddamn Marvel box set shits up there. And then the next row is all fucking Fast and Furious movies. Oh, there's people that do it. I do have it now. I know. But I want the whole, I want to, you know, match what the Marvel's output is. Look, if you start watching these from four or five in, these actually are fairly compelling in the fact that they roll into each other nicely. And they are big. I can't keep it straight. There's too much going on in these. Well, clearly, you could remember you had a kid from I the last there's movie. There's so much happening, and I don't particularly. You don't see enough of the characters really for me to like them, or even really get to know them very much. I've grown fond of all these people over the years. I don't know who they are. I really have. I know Michelle Rodriguez. I know that people pop up and then they say shit and then they go away. <laughs> That's basically what I know. I know Michelle Rodriguez. He says <laughs> who's turned into a hell of a fighter. This. It looks like. And why is she wearing a shoulder holster in this movie? I couldn't figure that out. I don't know. In the very beginning, either she's wearing a posture corrector, or she's wearing a shoulder holster when I, she takes off her necklace. But oh, Lucas Black is in this movie. Yeah, I was mean, he in the trailer? Hypothetically, no. He's listed as a cast. Well, they're probably just they also flashback, have the time maybe. listed. And there's no way they have that. Maybe flashback. Yeah, because Han's involved, so there might be a flashback sequence. I do. I love what Charlize is doing with her hair, though. <laughs> what dumbing down her looks as much Fantastic. as possible. Fantastic. The bowl cut. Oh, it looks terrible. She looks like fucking Jim Carrey, <laughs> looks, dumbing number two. It really does look bad. And I'm glad that you brought up Charlize Theron, who's in this trailer very shortly, but does have the distinction of being nominated for an Oscar in the same year she's flying a plane that attaches to a magnetic yeah. car or magnetic but, plane, I should say. But that's exactly these the movies, right? Because who, who, uh, uh, who says that? Uh, Tyrese, right? That, that's yeah. his one line. Oh, they got planes now? <laughs> yeah. Of course they got it's planes like they now. Got Fast nine. Good job. Next, the fucking cars are going to be able to fly. Watch. I, Very soon. I hope he got paid big for that line. The Invisible Man is next. We're talking about the Bloom House reimagining after Universal failed to launch their cinematic universe in the monster world. They were doing that with The Mummy and uh, this and was a Bride of Frankenstein was going to be one and all sorts of things. Creature from the Black Lagoon. That all went by the wayside and this kind of low budget version has been given to us instead. And I got to say, based on this trailer, I really thought this is an effective way to go about this story. I never thought of using the battered housewife running from the abusive husband who killed himself, who's now stalking her, but doing it because he's invisible. This is mm. really a good trailer and a good, good idea for him. I like the concept. I like the execution I see on screen. It reminded me a little bit of Hollow Man, which is an Invisible Man movie, obviously. Sure, but uh, that, that movie got that movie got weird and kind of rapey at parts and whatnot. That's what, so, what do you think this movie looks like? <laughs> I know, but this looks more like a thriller. Uh, you know, kind of like uh, sleeping with the enemy, but the guy's invisible. 
Okay. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm for it. I've I kind of want to see this have movie. Have you read the, this book at all? I never read the books. I don't know what. I never this read this. Has book. anything to do with it? Um, no, the book was written like the fucking early 100 <laughs> well, years ago. Has nothing to do with that. It was the H.G. Wells book, but it, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem likely, does it? Um, no, he's not beat the shit out of his wife. <laughs> uh, well, he could, <laughs> he could be a bad guy that like disappears for a moment now this is a tough genre my favorite fucking invisible man movie is the one with chevy chase and that's a terrible movie that john carpenter movie memoirs of an invisible man right that's a terrible fucking movie well, it's still the best a, one they ever did like i this. mean i've seen this movie already before um there's a fomka jensen movie called 100 feet that is uh this movie it's about a, a battered housewife that kills her husband and she gets house arrest and he's of course haunting the house Ah. Um, which I almost thought when I watched this, I couldn't help but think, why is it important that he's the invisible man? Why He could just be a ghost. So what's the point of this movie? It looks good. I, I'll say that. I mean, I think that um, Elizabeth Moss looks really good in this. She's pulling off a good performance. Mm-hmm. She looks genuinely frightened. Um, there are moments, though, uh, where I feel like maybe we're heading backwards in horror movies, you know, the like, come on out, where are you? Show yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very Jennifer Love Hewitt. Shouting na- <laughs> shouting names a hundred times. Yeah. Marcy, Marcy, like, Adam, 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 Adam Allie. Being invisible isn't uh, necessarily just scary that you can run around and do that. That's, uh, I don't. He's got, he has there's to a sci-fi element to this. They showed that with the yeah. with his lab and there's some sort I mean, of sci-fi element. I mean, there's more of a sci-fi element, element with Hollow Man. It's Lee Wanell, and you liked Upgrade recently, so I think that... Yeah, no, uh, it looks well-directed. I mean, that's what I say. It does look fine. I just don't think this is going to be a movie that you you watch and you think, oh, wow, The Invisible Man's really cool, you know? But I wish they make more Invisible Man movies. <laughs> No, but it's going to be done on, uh, or was done on a fairly cheap budget because there's the not a whole lot visually. It just doesn't launch to make anything. money for Universal. But it doesn't no, launch it's not anything launch for Universal. Shit. So that's why I just, it's so weird that it's the Invisible Man. I guess it's just an idea. Whatever. It's a whole little horror movie. It's a way for them to make Blue money House off that does a good title. job. Um, yeah, so we'll be fine with it. All right, let's talk about Guns Akimbo, Daniel Radcliffe's latest uh, quirky move this guy has done good for him first of all this kid made (laughs) millions of dollars in the harry potter franchise and it freed him to basically do any fucking movie he wants to do that catches a lot of weird stuff and he's he's doing weird stuff interesting stuff some shit that's an outright failure some stuff that actually scores this looks somewhere in the middle this guns akimbo movie looks like a low rent version of free guy and i can't necessarily say that it looks good but there, I chuckled a couple times, especially when the bum was reciting the rap lyrics um, to him, and you know when he's waving his hands at the cops. Mm-hmm. And but he's got he's a character who gets guns bolted to his hands, and he's inside of a <laughs> online reality TV show, basically. Yeah, so this is one of those movies. Uh, there's a movie a couple of years ago that came out called Nerve that I actually thought was pretty good. Yeah, it um, was good, and it's, it's like one of those. Um, where you have people, there's a reality TV show idea, right? Where you have this this group of people who no one knows who they are, but they're like anonymous, right? And then like the group anonymous, right? They like choose people to to fight each other, and they basically force these guys to run all around the city while they film it somehow. 
I guess through drones and hidden cameras and things, run around the city and try to kill each other. And uh, this trailer gives, of course, everything away. And, and he basically decides to team up with the person that's trying to kill him and uh, take on the 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 bad guys, the uh, what the system, I guess, as it is. And uh, that's the movie. But it looks fun, I think. I think this looks like a lot of fun. It does. I just hope they didn't give away too much in this trailer because there is a lot given away here. I know, but I don't, you don't know where that starts. I mean, that could be all first act, right? Really? I'm hoping it is. And there's a lot of developments in the trailer that you see coming a mile away, too, with the girl that he's trying to get, yeah. the, the assassin that becomes friendly to him and makes him realize that she's doesn't be part of this either. I can I can forgive any shortcomings uh, with these types of ideas as long as it's fun. As long as it remembers it's supposed to be a fun movie. Um, then that's fine. And it's kind of a, again, it's kind of a John Wick like uh, uh, world, you know. Again, uh, I've seen a lot of movies trying to create that dark, uh, violent world in which there's some sort of underground that is huge, right? Just a lot of people who are, mm-hmm. who are a part of this this thing somehow. Yeah. Run around killing each so other. There's a lot of rules already yeah, established. And their numbers this never drop. They kill each other all the time, but they never seem to go extinct. <laughs> right, and there's very little police interaction. Yes, exactly. There's no one. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's got the awkward title of Guns Akimbo, and once again, that's starring Daniel Radcliffe. So that's going to wrap up episode 356. We hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show. As always, you can hear our back episodes on MovieMavericks.com and wherever else you may be getting your podcasts from. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! Engage!